Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 28th, 2019 and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book Alcoholics Anonymous and we are in the chapter How It Works. We are on page 64, starting with the first paragraph, therefore we started upon a personal inventory. We're going to read that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thanks for your service, the 12 steps of OA is Bonnie M., the 12 traditions of OA is Pat M. S., and the readers of our text are Anita J., Du L., and Russ M. The reference number for yesterday's special edition, so that is Sunday... Oh, dear. Hang on. I got it wrong. uh, Sunday, October 27th is uh, 13,579. That's 13579. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Bonnie M. to please read OA's 12 steps. Bonnie, please go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Bonnie M. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless or moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive overeater and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
Thank you, Bonnie M. I will now ask Pat M.S. to please read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. This is Pat from Alabama. Can I be heard? Loud and clear. Thank you. Um, the 12 Traditions of All Readers Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you, Pat. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you please keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, by saying, uh, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works, we are on the first paragraph of page one of page 64, um, which starts with, therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. We're going to read that one paragraph only, and I am now going to ask Anita J. to get us started. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Katie. This is Anita J. from Framingham, Massachusetts. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory 
is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods, to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. End of it. End of paragraph one. And there's my timer. Okay. Well, you know what? I've been in the program over 40 years, and I've taken many of these fourth steps. But I never, until 2014, took a fourth step where steps one, two, and three were solidly in place. You know what the difference is? Night and day. Night and day. I realize now that the purpose of all of this is for me to be of ultimate use to my higher power and to become the Anita he always meant me to be. But various things, including myself, got in the way. And so here's my opportunity to put it all down in black and white and to see where I went wrong, who I hurt, um, my parts, never mind their parts. All of us, all of us. And you know, when it was done, do you know what a relief it was? But I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, you know, I just moved Saturday, and uh, I think it was at 11.30 last night. I was hunting for my timer, but I found it. But before I left Westboro, I got rid of unusable anymore, damaged, or somebody else. This is somebody else's treasure. Let them have it. Let it go. Let it go. And it was such a relief there. And here I am now, and I've got the things that are most important. I can read the big book on five different things, three uh, appliances. You know, I mean, uh, whatever you call these things, <laughs> you know, electronically. Or I can read it hardcover. Uh, that I didn't get rid of. I need them all for different reasons. I need my bathroom things. I don't need, um, you understand, that's, that's a concrete. But these are the things that have been holding me back my whole life. And it is really wonderful to put them down on black and white, in black and white, and get get to it. This is really action. We're taking action. And I was so relieved to do it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. Okay, before I take a list of names, uh, just a reminder, we are uh, on page 64 of our big book. We read one paragraph. Uh, therefore, we started upon our personal inventory. And if you've not shared in the last couple of days, uh, we invite you to give me your first name and last initial, please. Lindsay UL. Lindsay UL from New York. Okay, hang on one second. 
I only heard two names, and that was Lisa B. and Du L. Vanessa so there's Laura a gentleman L. speaking. Hang on. There's a gentleman speaking. Could you say your name one more time, please? It's Len P. from California. Len P. Thank you. That was I, I really appreciate it. Okay, may I please have two more names? Actually, a couple, three more names. Linda D. Laura M. Laura M. Linda D. Laura M. One more? Oh, I hope I didn't scare you off. One more name, star one. <clears throat> Liana D. Okay. Liana D. Is that it? Okay. Liana D. So how about everybody mute their phones and I'll tell you who I have. I have Lisa B, Du L, Len B, Linda D, Laura M, and Liana D. And um, when you press star one, if I don't hear you, I will let you know. Otherwise, for our meeting efficiency, just go ahead and assume you are being heard. So we're going to start with Lisa B. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, the word therefore, uh, therefore, next. You know, we started on our personal inventory. Why? Because I'm realizing that my liquor is only a symptom. I need to get down to causes and conditions. And the line this morning when I was reading this before the meeting started that just kept leaping out at me and bright neon letters, he cannot fool himself about values. And, you know, in my mind, I have these illusions and these thoughts and some of them are imagined, some of them are real. I'm not able to tell the truth from the false. And even though I'm entirely abstinent at this point, you know, of my work, jumping into step four because I'm seeing that my liquor is only a symptom, everything is still like stuck in my mind and I need to put it down in black and white. Um, and then I love where it says we promptly do this without regret. It's it's not emoting all over the place and feeling like, oh, I'm just such a piece of crap. I'm such a loser. Um, I don't know. That That's just what really jumped out for me. And then also it's telling me my purpose is to disclose, to reveal, to reveal those things, bring them out into the light, not privately inside my own mind thinking I'll do these steps on my own you know I'll just keep journals but disclosing revealing these damaged and unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret it I just don't know how to put it into words the wonderful freedom that I feel daily walking this path and being able to share these things with you even though I'm recovered today Daily, I have things that I need to disclose. I can't keep them inside of myself because then I, oh, that's the other thing, rationalization and justification. That's such a big, big thing for me, rationalizing. It's not that big of a deal or making a huge deal out of something that is not needing that big of a deal. So um, anyways, I know that it's kind of garbled and all over the place, but I, I uh, just felt led to share that so that I passed. Thank you, Lisa B. Next up, we'll have Du L. followed by Len P. Good morning, Du. Good morning, Katie. This is Du L. Recover Composable Reader from New York. Um, I absolutely love this personal inventory, and 
this inventory is in three parts. You know, it has the resentment, the fears, and the sex conduct. But um, the other day I heard that the uh, inventory goes from four to nine, and I thought that was a fantastic idea. Uh, never thought about it that way, but um, but it is, right? Like Like we're looking at the fact-finding and fact-facing and you know, and it says if you have a business, it will go broke if you leave those unsellable goods because it's gonna it's gonna damage the good traits, the good products that you have there, right? Like if I I'm selling apples and I put a rotten apple in there, eventually all the apples are gonna get rotten. So what it's saying is gonna be fact finding and fact facing. What are we fact finding? What are we finding out? We're finding the worst items in stock, not the good items, because once you get rid of the, the, the unsellable goods, then you remain with the good items. You don't have to focus too much on the good items. What you're focusing on is the damaged goods. It's the things that are unsellable. And then you're facing, you're facing those facts, right, that you need to get rid of those things that are hurting you or hurting your business, in this case, you know, it's me, right? Um, and why am I facing it? Because I've been in a disease that affects me bodily and mentally. And my mental process is that I have faulty thinking. I have delusional, illusional, obsessive thinking that, that drives me into this uh, chaotic way of living and, and, you know, does not help me with my character or my personality or my connectedness to a higher power. So what they're saying is we're gonna look at those things that are hurting me, you know, those values that I put in place, you know, with this faulty thinking that I have to keep me in disease mode, right? So now I'm taking this inventory to get rid of or discard those things and face the facts today in reality that are really hurting me. And, and so I love this inventory because when you're able to do that, when you're able to do that, there is a freedom that, that is brought about, you know, to bring you into a place of peace and harmony with yourself and with everything else that's going on with your disease, right? Because it's supposed to restore me back to a place of same eating and the same way of thinking around my food. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. Okay, next up we'll have Len P followed by Linda T Linda D. Good morning, Len. This is Len P. Can I be heard? Loud and clear. So this is Len P from sunny California and and I love uh this chapter. Um this is the action step, you know, getting into action and this is you know, the first three steps, uh, they were intellectual, they were decision-making steps, and now it's time for action. And it talks about a business, and a business, uh, you know, is not going to work unless you get rid of the unsellable goods. And the business is the business of me, the business of living, the business of Len. You know, what are my unsellable goods? Well, my unsellable goods that I find through my inventory are my character defects, finally. You know, we get to what did I do to cause the ball rolling in the fourth column of the of the uh, uh, fourth step, and and uh, 
I have a huge list of character defects. And every time they rear their ugly head, uh, you know, I have to ask God to remove them, right? I mean, I could be called perfectionistic and I could be called rigid and I could be angry and intolerant and a control freak and tense and fear of being wrong. I mean, these are all just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I learn about my character defects every single day. Uh, believe me, people remind me of my character defects every single day. And, you know, my job is to be open to the idea that, yes, I'm not perfect. Yes, I'm a human. And yes, I'm willing to take a look at myself in a critical way so that I can improve. I mean, all this program is about is to be incrementally just a little better, a little more toward the trajectory of a God-centered life. And if I could do that daily, just incrementally, I'm doing program. I'm doing that as long as I'm abstinent and as long as I'm working this 12 steps, um, I'm doing this deal. And it could be incremental. It doesn't have to be all at once. You know, us addicts love to have everything solved and done, you know, one, two, three. And that's another character defect, wanting it instantly. You know, so they rear their ugly head all the time with me. And, you know, my job is to look at myself on a daily basis. You know, where could I, I have been better? Where could I have done something differently? You know, this, this idea of constant assessment, constant looking at oneself is actually a very courageous thing to do. You know, lots of people just go through life and they're asleep. You know, they're asleep to what they do. They're asleep to uh, what, uh, you know, how they act and how they feel. And I realized that the, you know, the emotional engine that drives my addiction and addictive thinking is what I have to address along with my spiritual disconnect. So as long as I take, you know, look at that and take Time, a look. Please. Thank you so much for letting me share. Bye. Thanks, Len. Okay, next up we'll have Linda D. followed by Laura M. Linda, please go ahead. Morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm so very grateful to be here, to be alive, and to be in this wonderful, life-saving program. I've been in program like 37 years, and I wasn't a kid, but I was 38 when I came, and I only have um, not quite six years of recovered uh, of recovered life. Um, I do know something very different, many things very different from when I came in. When I came in, I saw inventory. I was shattered. I knew God was not real. That was my belief. And I was dying, and I knew it. And that was a tremendous advantage. And I was also very ill mentally, and I knew that. Um, and that that's an advantage, as odd as it sounds, because I jumped into this program and did it to the best of my ability and reached out for a higher power. And it's many years later, and I had to evolve a lot. The program around me had to evolve a lot. And so today, I, can, I have a choice today to turn through the grace of God, through a really fabulous, fabulous, loving, creative force in the universe. I have the choice of going with the fear or going with the love. I can show up fear-based 
and nuts and self-destructive, because that's really what it boiled down to, or I can learn, learn how to be a loving presence in the universe. And that's what I choose today because I don't ever want to go back to hell, and I don't ever have to. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Next up, we'll have Laura M., followed by a special announcement. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Katie and everyone on Team Monday. Thank you so much for your service. This is Laura M. in Southwest Missouri. There were two things particularly that caught my attention in this paragraph this morning. Discover the truth and values. And both of those things remind me that I cannot always differentiate the truth from the false. And it reminds me how imperative it is to have a guide walk me through this process and help me to see what I cannot see. And the other thing that, you know, having that sponsor that I'm really grateful for is before I had a sponsor, when I looked ahead, of course that was a fault, looking ahead at this, I was terrified of this idea of inventory and it was very emotional And when I had a guide that took me through the steps in the big book fashion, that guide reminded me to look at this um, fact-finding and fact-facing process, this idea of a business stock inventory. And I was told that it was okay to take the emotion out of it and simply look at the facts and we'll deal with the emotions later. Because at this point in my process, one, two, three, Um, all of my substances were down and I did not have those substances to turn to to deal with my emotions. So my emotions were pretty crazy, pretty raw. And the idea of looking at the emotional side of this inventory was just overwhelming. So it was, that was a great gift to learn that I could deal with this on a fact finding and fact facing process. And that helped me get, uh, to get through it and get to the next part. So I just want to say how grateful I am to my sponsor and to all the sponsors out there that, that help us through this journey, help us to uncover the truth from the false and to not fool myself about values. I pass. Thank you, Laura M. And we are going to pause in this beautiful meeting for a special announcement from Do L. Good morning, Do. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Du L, a Recover Compulsible Reader from New York. Is everyone ready? Uh, if you haven't heard, there's going to be a party. Yes, a party up in Newark, New Jersey International Airport. Post it at the Marriott Hotel Convention Center starting November 15th through the 17th in just less than three short weeks. Did I hear that right? Did you say a party? Yes, a party with over 800 of our closest friends, and there will be food, drinks, dancing, comedy, and laughter. But more important, it's a party that's not an ordinary party. It's a party that will empower you to walk and live free if you take advantage of what's being offered. With the cash and prizes, you say? The cash prize 
is witnessing in real time the power of the big book come to life through the experience, strength, and hope of those who have recovered. The prizes are, if you don't have a sponsor, you can find a sponsor. Go through the steps and get help putting down your binge food ingredients and get the power to live free and so much more. Is there still time to join the party? Yes. There's a special extension to this party that runs until Thursday, October 31st. How do I join the party? I'm glad you asked. Now, get your pen and paper out. <clears throat> Here's how you can join. Go and register online at www.avision4you.info and sign up for the uh, convention price rooms at the Renaissance Hotel, which is close by, with door-to-door -door speedy limousine service. What if I need a ride or a roommate for the convention? No worries. A Vision for You has posted a bullet board on the website for fellow speaking roommates, rides, and any other needs you might have. This is an event of the year, folks. We don't want to miss on all the fun. So come and join us as we're reminded why we're having the party found in the big book on page 135, which I will read to you. We have been, uh, we have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic themes. We have been dealing with alcohol, in our case, binge food, in its worst aspect. But we aren't a glum lock. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. We're tr we try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a man sinking into the mire of alcoholism, in our case, compulsive overeating, we give him first aid and place what we have at our disposal. For sake, we do recount almost and relive the horrors of our past. But those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered and we have been given the power to help others. So I'm looking forward to seeing you at the party. And with that, I pass. Thank you, do Alan. In case you're wondering, that party starts in 18 days, 12 hours, 29 minutes, and 14 seconds. All right, we're going to have Liana D. resume our regularly scheduled program, and then I'm going to take another list of numbers. Good morning, Liana. Liana D., I am not hearing you. Are you I there? Please press. Yeah. I can hear you loud and clear now. Go for it. Um, so, I, this has been an ongoing, I guess, theme um, in the meetings and the literature that I've been reading. Um, and for me, it all kind of goes back to honesty um, and me not being willing to be honest with myself um, and not being willing to do the fourth step um, and then, you know, relapsing over it. And um, it's you know, all of that fear and regret and having to write it down and 
being honest about it and, um, you know, you know, just, you know, having to look at my defects and, um, you know, how they lead me to self-destruct all the time. Um, and, um, you know, honestly, this is something that, you know, um, I'm having to deal with now, um, and was, have been doing really good in my program and that unwillingness, um, you know, to, to go through the four steps, um, and look at the facts and, you know, look at, you know, the damage and, write that damage down um, and, you know, looking back and saying, I regret that and I regret this and letting it, you know, overwhelm me um, has really been, you know, kind of, um, I don't even know what I want to say, but um, just, um, glad I got to come to a, a, a meeting this morning, and I'm glad that all of you guys are here. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Liana D. Okay, before I take my next lineup, just a reminder for everyone who may have forgotten or is just getting on the line now, we are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 64. Starting with the first paragraph, we read that one paragraph only, starting with, therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. If you've not shared in the last couple of days and want to throw your hat in the ring, star one, and I'll take your name. Kelly Chuck K. from Georgia. Okay, Monica I've got T. Kelly F., Chuck K., and Monica T. Katie F. Katie F. Maura Z. Laura Z, one more. Susie. Susie, we're going to wrap it up with that. So I have Kelly S, Chuck K, Monica T, Katie F, Maura Z, and Susie. And uh, if you're not Kelly S, plus star one to mute your phone, and we'll go from there. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Katie. It's Kelly E-Y-S in Oklahoma, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic. Okay, so um, here we are starting our inventory, and I just want to share a little bit about my history was I didn't understand the importance, of course, of the doctor's opinion of putting down the food 100% and being completely uh, abstinent or sober. Can't be a little bit drunk when I'm trying to look at the truth, um, which I think is why it's emphasized so much. Um, So at this point now, you know, I've gotten here, and I've turned my will and my life over, and i at least to this program and to this higher power that you guys have talked to me about, and I'm and I'm sober, right? So now I can start looking at this fact-finding and fact-facing process, which isn't what I had done in the past. Um, I had all these booklets that I had used to write my my life story, basically from when I was a child, and um, so you know I'd write these histories out, and I never looked at the fact-finding, fact-facing process. I never really looked at um, my behaviors. You know, this list, is, as it's laid out in the big book, is so simple. You know, we just list our resentments and, and the things that affect, you know, our pride, self-esteem, ego, all those things. You know, our fears, our sexual conduct, um, 
And, you know, we're looking at just the truth here. And I can't see the truth if I'm blocked. And what blocks me is, you know, the food. My defects block me too. And I love that someone shared the importance of having a guide uh, because this whole process helps to unblock me so that I can see the truth. And, you know, the promptly and without regret to get rid of this. And that's the other thing I love about this WE program is, you know, when I do this stuff with uh, every sponsor I've ever done, an inventory, whether it was out of the big book or not, helped to take away the shame and the guilt because we all share so much. It's not just about the food as we learn. We all have so much of the same feelings and thinking and behaviors. And if somebody else, you know, if I've done it, I'm sure somebody else has done it way before me. And, you know, to get rid of it promptly without regret to let these things go so that I can be this different person because it's not just about putting down the food. You know, if I'm going to be successful, I can't fool myself anymore about what I'm doing. I can no longer say, oh, it's just about the food. No, it's not just about the food. Food was my solution. What is it about? It's my inability to deal with life on life's terms or God's terms, you know. And so now it's time to keep the food down and start looking at this stuff. And no, it's not easy. Um, They say it's simple. It's not easy. It can be painful at times. But I just trudge through this. I wanted to skip, you know, and... um, and sing, and it's not like that, but I'm doing it with you guys, and I'm just so grateful today that I am willing to see the truth, even though I don't always like it, willing to see my behavior and to change it, and more is revealed, as uh, somebody else had shared earlier, as we walk this, that's why we continue in 10, 11, and 12, to see these things as they crop up, because they do, and uh, just grateful today to be um, willing to see the facts. Uh, Glad to be here. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for your service. Pass. Thank you, Kelly S. Okay, next up we'll have Chuck K. followed by Monica T. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Katie. This is Chuck from Georgia. I hope you're doing good. And, you know, the biggest thing that I was thinking about concerning when I did step four, I'd done a step four that took me six months one time. I've done a step four where it took me an afternoon. Uh, I think I've done it at least a couple other times in different ways. But I think the most important thing I have to remember, the only perfect way that I do step four is I follow up with my commitment in step three, which is turning my will and my life over to the care of God. So if I want to do step four perfectly, I have to do two things. I have to ask God for help at the beginning of my step four, and I have to do, I have to ask for God's help at the end of the step four for me. Plus, I got to do it. That's a given. But when I ask God to help me reveal, help reveal to me all the things I need to to discard, and then when I do my writing and, and I go through that painful process, and at the end when I'm done, I ask for God's help. If there's anything else that I need to have revealed, please reveal it to me. That's my part in step four. Now, I am fairly new to a vision. I've been sponsoring since February. Probably 50 people I've helped with the big book, and you would be absolutely amazed at the percentage of people that even make it to step four, which only goes to show me just how scary that can be. And I think we've heard that today. And it's like, you know, it's like a kid, to me, it's like a kid going to the first day of school. They cannot get over the fear. And I was that way too. I just didn't, absolutely didn't want it. It was so terrifying. There's, you know, I'm having to give up the whole way of life that I've ever known. And I just I just see that God is out there waiting to bless me, waiting to show me that God is there for me. 
God wants a relationship with me. And this is the action that I need to take so that God can prove that to me in a way that can't be proved otherwise, where I have experiences that I know are true. So I would just encourage anyone that's having a rough time doing a step four, all you have to do is sit down, pray for God's help, do some writing, get done, pray again, and then share that with a recovered sponsor. And then wait, challenge God to show you the miracles that God is capable of in your life. And I think you won't be uh, sorry for it. I hope everybody has a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Chuck K. Next up, we'll have Monica T. followed by Katie F. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. How it works. So here we're going to be doing a personal inventory. You know, it's always been before this. It's always been about what you, 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 you did to me. And now I'm going to take a look at me. And I guess the big thing I wanted to to point out or say here in this paragraph is that, you know, when we come in here, we're sick puppies. And we don't know what we don't know. And we cannot see that we cannot see. You know, I've got a pair of broken lenses. And I don't even know they're broken. And this process is going to help me get a new pair of lenses to see things differently. So we're going to take this inventory, a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. And I want to make it very clear, and I've got this in capital letters here, not judging. This is not about judging. This is about revealing things that I have no clue about. Things that then I can have a choice and work on differently. So it's an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. You know, to see what I can't see. And then to get rid of this stuff. And it's very, very important, like someone else said, to have a sponsor. And I always try to reassure my sponsees, and look, I will guide you through every single step of the fourth step inventory. It's, you know, don't be scared. It's pretty simple. All you got to do is do it, and I will guide you through it, one little area at a time. And so I think that's very important that we guide And um, I guess with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Monica T. Next up, we'll have Katie F. followed by Maura Z. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just love um, this inventory process because every time I've done it, there's this huge um, sense of relief that I've taken this stuff that just spins around in my head and um and and brought it out to the light and so um, for me I was I was very young when I came into this program and I thought I had um very cleverly just you know torched uh every relationship behind me so you know what's the big deal I, I never see those people anymore anyway but this inventory process has allowed me now in my life, when I do make mistakes, um, not if, but when, 
that I make amends quickly and then I can, I can look the world in the eye. I don't have to shirk when I see someone in the grocery store or, um, or even think about that person. I know that I have done everything I can to rectify the relationship. And if, um, if the relationship is not repaired, you know, then, then I have to surrender it. And sometimes that's very painful. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of people from my past that it's like, I don't know what I did. Um, I don't know why they don't want to be in relationship with me. But, you know, I look back over the facts and it's, you know, there's nothing I can apologize for um, anymore. And I can't, um, I can't go back and change it. So I think the best part about this inventory process is it gets us out of the past. It stops me from just living in morbid reflection all the time. And if I am doing that, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong with um, my program that I'm not staying in today and looking um, to the future for, uh, for my happiness. If I'm constantly looking into the past, then, you know, I have more work to do. And so I'm just really grateful that we continue to do this and we don't, you know, it, I would love to say that I did, you know, my first inventory when I got abstinent 32 years ago, and I've never had to do another one. But that's not the truth. You know, I've had relationships that I didn't realize were um, as messed up as they were. And I've had to go back over them. I've had to go back over my resentment, you know, towards my father from when he left when I was eight years old, you know, I I didn't understand as, as um, I think Monica just said, you know, we keep the lights just keep getting brighter. And so it didn't necessarily mean that I had to say anything to him, but I had to work on my part and I had to, you know, just get to a different level of surrender about that relationship. And it's good Time stuff. Please. It sounds hard. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you. KDF. All right, next up, Maura Z, followed by Sue C. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, Miss Katie, and thank you so much for your service this morning. Maura Z recovered in Virginia, gratefully so, gratefully so, and starting my timer. There it goes. Good, good, good. Um, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods, to get rid of them promptly and without regret. I wanted to share a different perspective. I actually looked forward to doing my first fourth step because I had a sense from the people in the rooms that the one most important thing that was waiting for me after doing my fourth step was freedom. And damn it to hell, I wanted that more than anything in my life. I couldn't handle my life the way it was. And because I had solid steps, one, two, and three behind me, there was very little fear. There was some anxiousness about one particular item. But there wasn't very much fear because in step three, I turned my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. That gave me the boost that I needed. And let me tell you, I have done some wicked, ridiculous fourth steps. 
and maybe I shouldn't say ridiculous, that's judgmental, but I've done fourth steps based on 70 questions or 137 questions, I think it was. And I've done fourth steps based on workbooks and such. And none of them really helped me to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods. None of them helped me to see how I was going to get rid of them promptly and without regret. The fourth step, as outlined in the big book, does all of that. It takes me through inch by inch, foot by foot, day by day, year by year, relationship by relationship. And it shows me exactly what it is I need to do. And I had, finally, a loving fourth step done with a, excuse me, a loving sponsor that helped me do my fourth step efficiently and thoroughly and as rigorously honest as God enabled me to be. That's what's promised, as far as I'm concerned, at the conclusion of my fourth step. Freedom with a capital F. And if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for the freedom from the bondage of self, if you're looking for the freedom from the food, if you're looking for the freedom that is available to us as the result of working these 12 steps, then go ahead and be solid with your one, two, three, and immediately embark on Time your step please. four. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Thank you, Maura. Okay, next up we'll have Sue C. Sue, good morning. Good morning, Katie. Thanks for your service. Uh, I'm Sue C., recovering in New Jersey, and um, I really like related to this paragraph and some of the shares because I worked as my first job at a farm market where we would need to go through the fruits and vegetables every morning to disclose, you know, get rid of unsaleable goods. And um, I saw how if they were left in there, you know, they would affect the other things, the good things, um, the good fruits and vegetables that were there. So um, I really related to that. But I also... Um, reflecting back on the previous page where we did the third step and we said, um, relieve me of the bondage of self. So the relief, um, you know, part of going through this step process is getting that relief um, and being able to see the truth from the false because when I did my fourth step, I, I just was so full of anger at a bunch of people and, you know, it was all their fault and they were causing me pain and you know, if they would just change. And um, it just really helped to, you know, work with a sponsor. And I'm really grateful for my sponsor that we were able to, you know, walk through this together and distinguish the true from the false and see my part in it. Because, um, you know, it just continues. If I continue to do my part in this, it will poison, um, you know, the relationships that I have with people and I've already seen, um, you know, some small, you know, improvements in my relationships, which is really um, a blessing. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks for your service again. Thank you, Susie. Okay, it looks like we have time for one more share. Who would like that time? Vinnie T. Vinnie T, good morning. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I we talk a lot about how we how we dread the fourth step, and I I kind of saw that 
we unearthed the good parts of ourselves as well as the bad, not just not judgmental, but learning that we do have some value. And to me, that was so freeing and so, so joyous a thing to find real value in myself, uh, you know, and, and, you know, true value. Um, It's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much. I pass. Oh, my goodness. Okay, one more person wants two minutes. Two minutes, going once. Vanita L. Go ahead, Vanita, two minutes. Hi, um, I'm a grateful member of OA, and I'm super grateful to, when I moved to the South, to have found a vision for you. Um, I'm excited because I see an excitement, and um, it looks like people are having... Um, higher rates of success so that is great to me and inspiring and as someone who sponsors I am getting sponsored now through the steps and a vision for UA so I can understand it better when I did my last four step in OA the thing that really struck me though I had done the steps before in other programs was my perfectionism and that came out like four or five years ago And I still see how it's amazing how attached I was to my perfectionism. And it's amazed me, too, to see how damaging it is. And um, because it blocks me from being in the flow of life, because I'm just being controlling and kind of dealing with minutiae. And it took me a long time to try to figure out the difference between excellence and perfectionism. And, um, but I think when I realized how it blocks me from staying in the flow of life and the flow of creativity and that, that really helped me, but thank you all for the vision for you group. And, um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Keep coming. And thank you to everyone who made this wonderful Monday meeting. So wonderful. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, October 28th, is 13,581. So we're now going to close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will do, Al. Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning again, Do. Good morning. This is Do L, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 